Hi, this is Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where we follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and while this is an official, I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little bit scholarly, a little bit inspirational, this podcast will attempt to help us become better disciples of Christ. Join me, Scriptorians. Welcome back to the 20 Minute Scriptorian. We are continuing on into Genesis. Now, the last time we've been talking about kind of setting up Genesis and looking at the structure and what's going on in the first part, and I wanted to, to head into after the fall. Now, there is a lot to be said on the creation and the fall. We haven't even really jumped in. There could be a lifetime of a study, so you should go back and do that. But there is so much more to be found all throughout Genesis. So jump back in. But today, I want to take the view of just after the fall. So we're going to talk about Genesis 4 through about ah, uh, 12. So uh, 4 through 12, uh, maybe chapter 11. Let's jump on in and find out what's there. All right, so the first thing we should notice is what we talked about was the structure. So Genesis really does fall into this really kind of clear two-part structure of 1 through 11, and then Genesis 12 through 50. So traditionally, I know it's more view, this cosmological view, this big picture, the primeval history is that first part. That's the big picture, primal, primeval history part. And then the second part, the second part, which is really these stories of the family of Abraham. And it's going to take, uh, take a number of stories, Abraham, uh, Jacob, and Joseph. Now you're going to say, well, Laura, you missed Isaac, but Isaac doesn't, is kind of a transitionary character. It doesn't have that much story in there but you're gonna get the story of the three others. So sometimes it's called the patriarchs, but uh, you could also say the ancestors if you wanna be more um, correct, because you do have Sarah and Rebecca and some of those in there as well. So that's kind of the two halves. Now, when we look at the first half, we've already done a little bit on the creation in the fall. Again, so much to say there, but I wanted to touch base on what happens next. So a couple things on, additionally on structure first. The structure of Genesis, you're going to laugh, but there are those funny um, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and, so, you know, this name begat that name, those genealogies, and there are a lot of them. In fact, there are about 11 of them in the book of Genesis, and then there is a 12th one in Numbers, and that number 12 is important. You're going to see that, obviously, with the 12 tribes, with the 12 apostles, a number of 12, meaning really priesthood and authority. And so you're going to see how the author of Genesis, Moses or whomever, takes, takes this and is, is going to use this to try to bring in this authority idea. Now, the genealogies, they have 11 of them, and they have a name in Hebrew called Toledot, um, which means genealogies, Toledot. And we laugh at them because we're like, skip, 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 skip. But they really serve a cool thing, is that they are a transition. They're like... Um, uh, a a seam like when you sew uh, a quilt together right it has a bunch of seams where you sew it together and so the Toledot uh, have these brief historical connections but they're sewing together all of these patterns so when you see them a lot of times they're this transition and there's going to be uh, a section a story a family that's going to try to tell us so it's going to take the story of creation and it's going to pass it on to the next side and so its purpose is the secession it's going to narrow our attention 
on to the next section. So when you start looking, for example, on the, on the stories of, say, Joseph or Jacob, um, it's going to try to draw in your attention. And so they're really important, these seams, how they tie the stories together. Now, why we always laugh is because you're like, oh, what are these names and these so-and-so begats, right? They're always funny. But, but the author is brilliant in putting these seams together, so there's some story. Now, you're going to see this again, again, in numbers, but you're also going to see it in the Gospel of Matthew. So Matthew is going to tell some of those stories, is, uh, is going to tie the things together, is going to draw your attention from one generation to the next, and he's going to tell you about some of those important characters. So they can be formal, it can be seen as a uh, the infrastructure of the book, as the seam, um, but they're really interesting. So they actually divide it up into those 11 sections. So you have the creation of heaven and earth, earth, and then you get this Toledot of the earth family, and then the Toledot of Adam's line, and then the Toledot of Noah, and then the Toledot of Noah's sons, and the Toledot of Shem, then Terah and Abraham, then Ishmael, Jacob, Esau, um, and family, and then uh, Jacob, Joseph. So these seems kind of pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball on. Anyway, kind of cool. So uh, there are some pretty cool um, things to notice in the structure that you might not notice if you just kind of chunk it or you skip those silly things. So that's the first thing. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out in the structure is that uh, we're still in this big picture. We call it primeval history, meaning some of these stories are strange. I mean, this is where you get like the Nephilim and you get the giants and you get some of these like, what? But this is where you're starting to get uh, where they're trying to explain how did all these things end up in the civilization that we're in. So you find yourself in the past, but let's say you find yourself in the current day and you're like, hey, where did all those things come from? And so we take these stories from way back before, you know, way sometime before we really can remember, and we're going to explain. So you're going to find out about this guy was the guy that played music, and this guy that was the good at tools, and this guy was the guy that uh, set up cities, this guy was the guy who did blah, blah, blah. And so you're going to get these historical settings that are trying to explain how did we find ourselves in this position of this family. Now, everyone's going to know the family of Abraham in a little bit, but before that, in section in chapters 1 through 11, we're going to look at that primeval history, really before we remember how did that stuff get created? Where did it all come from? It came from way back when. So that first section, that cosmological view, the big picture, chapters 1 through 11 of Genesis, are going to always take that point of view. Then you're going to zoom in to the story of a family. Abraham, Rebecca, Isaac, Sarah, all those guys. So you're going to do the ancestors, sometimes called the patriarchs or the matriarchs. So you're going to zoom in later. But right now we're in that big picture. So it's going to try to show you how did some of those big picture things get, get created? Where did they come from? And so it's going to explain some of them. Now, I don't want you to get super excited that it's like every single one of these is like deep historical scientific thing. They're, it's a very brief survey. So but it is interesting. A couple of stories are going to take place. You're going to get the story of Cain and Abel next. We'll talk about that. But remember, Cain and Abel. Then you're going to get the story of Lamech. And you're like, Lamech? I don't remember that story. But he becomes an even greater murderer than Cain. So you're going to see, how did, how did everybody do on their own after we left the Garden of Eden and when they're out choosing good and evil for themselves? How'd they do? 
Cain didn't do very well. Then you're going to see Lamech does even worse. And then it's going to go to Babel. We'll talk about that. And then you get to Noah. So it's going to be these stories of big picture society. How did they do? Not very well. And so that is the story of that primeval history. Left to our own devices, when we try to live without God and live without him, we don't do well on our own. In fact, we become terrible. And that's the story of that primeval history, this big picture. So remember, we're zoomed out, then we're going to zoom in. Now, we're going to zoom in a tiny bit on these stories. Again, Cain, Lamech, um, uh, Babylon, and Noah. But these themes are going to continue throughout the rest of Scripture. So it's important to remember them. So we'll come back to the stories in a second. Another clue that I'm going to teach you that you probably already know, but it's always a good reminder, is names. Now, the way that ancient literary, literary devices work is these stories were told, right? Someone might be reading it and everyone else listening. So you said you read it or told the story and then someone hears it. So you don't, you're not reading it in a book yourself you're listening to these stories. So there are verbal clues. So it's kind of like hyperlinks, uh, these little clues, these either alliteration or quotes or words or phrases that are gonna remind you about other parts of the story. So I think of them as like audio hyperlinks. Like if you hear them or you read them, you'd be like, oh yeah, that reminds me of the story of Adam and Eve. Or, oh, that reminds me of this other part. So you'll hear those links or if you watch for them, uh, you'll see them and they remind you of the other story. So these stories should be so common in your head that you're like, oh. One of the ways that those hyperlinks work is that they're really condensed, right? There's not, you're not gonna have a really long story to explain it all, they're just a few phrases. So you wanna watch for those. So sometimes it could be uh, a symbol like uh, the tree of life. So you're gonna see the story of trees. So you're gonna see a tree in Moses, you're going to see a burning tree, a burning bush. You're going to see a tree, oh, built into an ark. Then you're going to see an ark where they put the commandments. Then you're going to see an ark where they put baby Moses. You're going to see these themes go over and over, and they're really condensed ideas. Bam! Just sucked in there so that you remember them. Another way that we do that is with names. You're not going to get a lot of backstory on these characters, Cain and what was driving him, Abel, what's driving him, uh, you know, Noah, there's not a lot of backstory, um, Rebecca, there's not a lot, right, on these people, but their names tell you a, an intense amount. They could either be where they came from, maybe what was hoped for them, or maybe what they could live up to in their future. So the names and the meaning of their names is important. So I want you to start looking them up. If you don't remember what they mean because it's in Hebrew or they're a weird language, that's okay, Google it you can find out what they mean. Again, it might not be what was intended for them. It might be uh, what they should have done. It might have been some hope for them. It might have been the, uh, the occasion of their birth. But it's that backstory about those people. So we learned that with Adam and Eve. So Adam's name means um, earth uh, or like earthling um, or dirt. And Eve, Hava, so Adam and Hava, Hava means life. So it's earth and life, right? And you're like, well, those are very poignant names, and they are exactly what they are when they begin, right? Those two beings. Um, Cain and Abel. 
Cain has, that one's a little bit harder. We're not exactly sure what that one means, but it might mean spear. Um, and then Havel, we know that's a very common Hebrew word. It means wisp or like, like, like dust, like a, just a puff, just not much there, a little puff of breath of wind. And, and you get that idea of trans, transparency or, or not, or uh, not very, uh, not very solid. It's not going to be around very long, Havel. And in fact, in, um, King Solomon, it says vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Uh, that is not actually vanity. It's wis, uh, able, hovel, hovel, all is hovel. It's just, there's not much there. It's just empty, empty. It's all empty. And so if I started a story and said, I once had two sons, one was named Spear and the other name was named Wisp of Air. You're like, oh, it's not going to end up for Wisp of Air. It's not going to end up well. So that is uh, a way to kind of get these hyperlinks is the names and the meaning of names. So Sarah or Sarai is going to be princess, right? And uh, Rebecca is going to be um, uh, Rivka. Uh, I'll let you look that one up. Look up Rebecca. Um, or Daniel, God is my judge. Or Samuel, uh, God hears me. Or Israel, uh, he who wrestles with God. Or he who lets God prevail. So there are these deep meanings in these names. Uh, Jacob originally deceiver or uh, the heel grabber one that trips you up um, becomes lets God prevail so these names have meaning and there's just a lot packed in so as you're reading these stories um, look them up look up not only the name of people but look up the names of where they live because they'll name places when Jacob lays down in the desert and he has the dream um, of God he calls it Beth El the house, Beit El, the house of God. And, and you're like, oh, because he sees God. It's like a temple, a little hot spot where earth and heaven meet. So the name of the places, the name of the people, Havel, Adam, Eve, um, Bethel, they're all super important. So look them up. It continues in the New Testament as well. And and it continues, you'll find in the Book of Mormon that these names mean something. So, um, so check into them. If you really want to dig in, check into not only the structure of the book, uh, but the meaning of the names. So we've learned a little bit about the structure, the Toledot. We've learned about the meaning of names. And we've learned that this first half is going to be the primeval history. So let's talk about that history next. So Cain and Abel, we've now left the garden and we, are find, we find the story of Cain and Abel. Now Cain is the first son, we know Abel's the second, but you'll notice that Abel's always referred to as the brother of Cain. So the story is really about Cain and we're going to also realize that something's going to go wrong. Now we know what's going to happen. Cain is going to kill Abel. And so while we leave the garden and we have the fall, we're going to learn that sin and jealousy and anger and, and murder are going to enter the picture. And so this is not new to us. We have grown up in this world. So we're like, oh yeah, when did it happen? It happened immediately. Now, Cain is going, to, is going to bring an offering and Abel is going to bring an offering. And it's a little bit unclear why Cain's offering of, of, of the fruits of the earth, so either grain or something is not uh, acceptable, where Abel, except that it does say that Cain brings some of the fruits where Abel brings the fat. So it does seem to say Cain brings something and Abel brings the best because both offerings were acceptable. Um, this, 
whether the law of Moses isn't set up yet, we know from the Pearl of Great Price that, that the law of sacrifice is already instituted. And both are acceptable. You can bring a grain offering. It doesn't have to be a blood offering. But it does seem to see that Cain brings lesser. He brings something lesser to the offering. And so the Lord's like, no, I'm not accepting that. Um, like you bring your, your poor crops. You don't bring the first fruits. You bring the poorer things. And Abel brought the firstlings of the flock. I love how it also uses the phrase, if you're careful, you see that it's like sin. Uh, the Lord tells him sin crouches at the door and desires to have thee. Sin is like an animal. It's there waiting if we open the door and let it in. It's something that we have to let in, however. It's something we let consume us, something that we let drive us like an animal. And so uh, this story is about how Cain does that. First, he does not offer the most to the Lord. He does, He's not humble. He is not... Uh, giving a fair share and then second he is jealous and so the Lord warns him he goes out and he kills um, Abel uh, now I know I said Abel's um, uh, name is like wisp it's uh, breath uh, something like that so we know he's not going to make it long um, and then we see this conversation of uh, where's your brother right am I my brother's keeper so it reminds us back of the fall when they said you know Adam and Eve where are you and they they hide it's like well they know you know the Lord knows where they are uh, the Lord knows what's happened and yet says hey the blood of thy brother so Abel doesn't talk very much and yet the sins do the talking so you're going to see this juxtaposition again of of um, Cain being the focus and yet him speaking and Abel not saying much but Abel's blood cries out to the Lord the Lord speaks for him so the Lord is aware of us when we are uh, dealt with unjustly and so Cain is cast out and wandering so he's cast out he gets this sign don't kill him we see a underscore of how important it is that God is in charge of life so at the very beginning of this chapter it says that um, uh, Adam knew his wife Eve and Eve gives birth and says with the help of the Lord right so we realize that life, uh, the I, birth and life is something of God's purview. It's something that is this blessing of God. So whether it's the birth of Cain and Abel or the death, we're still not going to kill Cain. Life is God's realm. And so it is something so important and so awesome that we are not to mess around with that. So, uh, but it is worse. He is cast out. He is no longer with the family. He's going to be a wanderer. No, contrastingly, Cain makes a city and then you're going to see through his lineage a Toledot we're going to see him down to Lamech and Lamech is even worse than Cain his um, uh, someone in his genealogy says that he kills a boy just for like bumping into him or making fun of him or saying you know pissing him off somehow so he's killed a guy not he's so bad so you're like you're like what is going on in society Cain kills his brother Lamech is just a few generations away and he's even worse he's singing a song he has two wives which he treats like property and then he kills a boy for doing basically nothing so you're like oh no like this society without God is just not doing well at all and then you're going to see about the uh, building of the ziggurat the temple and it says they make um uh, bricks right they make clay they make uh and we're going to see that later that this technology of them being able to build and they're going to get a way to heaven on their own they're going to uh to not use god they're we're going to be contrasted with 
the tabernacle and the temple coming up in the future. We're going to do it on our own. We can figure out our own way. And so they're going to create this idea of a temple or a structure to get to God without God in the city of Babel. Now, just so you know, uh, this city's name is actually Babylon. It's the same city that you're going to see used in uh, Revelation. But Babel uh, um, is like we, it's like a play on words in Hebrew. Balel is like babbling. And so it's uh, the city Babel that babbles, right? It's just an empty thing. And so they, the translators kept it in so you can kind of get the alliteration. But it's the name Babylon. So that same city, that same theme of, of a city that is against the city of God, Babylon, that you're going to see all the way in the book of Revelation and throughout the same city. Now, the next Babylon you're going to meet with Daniel and all those guys is the n n new Babylon society. It's a redo, uh, but they're going to keep using that idea of Babylon. So you're going to set some of these themes, murder, destruction, without God, a city, uh, Babylon, set against the people of God. And that's kind of the primeval history. Uh, there's a lot more there. Keep on reading. Um, I've got to go. Murphy's calling me. But keep on reading and keep on jumping in to the book of Genesis.